Welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast with Paul Fagan and Paul Becker. This podcast is for all the moms and dads out there who struggle with life's topics, especially related to family and finances. Now here's my dad, Paul Fagan. Hey, Paul. How's it going? Hey, Paul. How you doing today? Doing fantastic. And and I don't want to go too deep into the podcast. We're going to do it a little bit differently this week. Uh, we have uh, for our 100th episode, which we hinted to on the last podcast, uh, you said you had a great idea, Paul, and it really was a great idea. So with no, without further ado, we welcome back Jody Fisher to the podcast this week. Hey, Jody, how you doing? Hey, guys. How are you? Thanks for inviting me on. Yeah, this was a great um great idea paul so thanks for uh doing that and, and jody thanks for doing the show well, i know not, let's not say it was a great idea yet okay <laughs> <laughs> you never know what you're gonna get out of me <laughs> i love it i love it so so jody what's been going on with you i know um you know we keep in touch every so often uh texts here and there and so you know no, no time has been lost but tell us a little bit what's been happening with the family with your business with the, you know everything that's been going on you know um with you and and your family, oh, every, everything's going great. We, uh, you know, like like the rest of the country, I guess we've all you know been walking our way through uh, the rebound from COVID. Uh, um, everybody, everybody on this side is healthy. Nobody ever got exposed. Nobody ever had to quarantine. So we're really we're really grateful and thankful for that. Paul, I think you coined that phrase, thankful and grateful. Um, yes. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, things things are going terrific. Business is great. Life is great. Um, you know, I, I am I am so uh, happy and blessed and and really just thrilled with with how things have been going the last last year or two. Yeah. And I remember you were doing a house expansion. Were you doing some work with the house? We just finished up a uh, house renovation, basically everything on the outside of the house. Uh, ah. So the, the roof and the siding and the windows and the blah, and, you know, we put a deck out the back. It was it it, it was the renovation that had to happen, because if you uh um, we, we had the, the reputation, I don't know if we had the reputation, but in my mind, we had the reputation of being the ugly house on the block. You know, the, the old cedar shakes that were just falling off every time a woodpecker decided he was going to have <laughs> breakfast. Um, it was just in bad shape. And on top of that, you know, uh, a 70 year old house, you know, your, your typical, uh, suburban home built in the, in the mid fifties. Um, it was cold. It was drafty. It was all that stuff. Right. And mm-hmm. it wasn't mm-hmm. very energy efficient. So we're, we're blowing money on heating and cooling and, uh, you know, on down the line. Right. The whole cascade of, of events. And uh, so we just got that finished up. Really pleased how it came out. And uh, and of course, now that opens the door to like 10 other projects. Of course. Of course. <laughs> that we want to do like, oh, now we got to do this. And we're... Now, the two questions I have for you is number one. Did you do it Dave Ramsey style? And everyone on this call knows what I mean, or especially you, Jody. And number two, any major kind of uh oh, or any kind of things that came up, you're like, ugh, I can't believe this during the renovation. Well, there's always an always an uh oh. Uh-huh. Um, the easier answer is the answer to your first question: all cash. Beautiful, uh, beautiful. Yep. So That's no worries awesome. there. Um, and we we've got a little fund, and we can probably get into this. You know, I used to rant about my my budget, and boy did I work the budget on this one, the budget spreadsheet. Very cool. Uh, but uh, yeah, all cash, and um, the 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 um, 
What was your other question about the no-nos? It was about, like, like, was there something where they ripped off the roof and you needed all new plywood? Or, like, what? what, was there anything that was, like, really catastrophic? You found out that the the joists in the roof need to be all replaced? I don't know. Just anything crazy happened? like that. And I I expected to have some some real damage to some of the roof sheathing um, Mm -hmm. because I knew that there were some places where it wasn't so great. Um, You know, minor patches, but, you know, stuff that's all built into that budget, which was really great. I will say this, that... Um, as good as the guys were who built the house, who, who, you know, did all the work, um, you still, I still had to be there, uh, politely looking over their shoulder to make sure that the things got done the way I want. Now I am a bit, um, and I don't, um, I'm not making fun of anybody when I say this, I'm a bit OCD, right? I need things done my way in just the right way in just the right place. Um, you know, I need things lined up. Um, so, um, so I needed to be there and, and watch everything. A, a good example is when we had a sliding glass door put in. Um, and I remember having a conversation with the framer who was a great guy. And I said, okay, now you see this, you see the light box, the chandelier where it is in the ceiling. I need the center of that sliding glass door mm. <laughs> on the same line as that chandelier box. So it all lines. So when you stand back here and to his credit, he came back and he stood where I was standing. He looked at it. He goes, yeah, I would have done it that way anyway. I was like, okay, great. <laughs> and I believed him too. No, that's uh, cool. That's cool. So yeah. You just I think I think that's the one thing you cannot, especially with that with a, any kind of a big house project, big or small actually. You've got to be there and you've got to make sure it gets done your way because it's your money. It's your money and it's your house. And when all of the workers pack up and leave and move on to the next job, you're going to be sitting there looking at it. And if you don't like the way it looks, You've got one person to blame, and that's the person in the mirror. At least that's my opinion. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned mirror because that happened to me. Um, I, I've been guilty of getting stuff, major stuff done, not being here. And I know what you're talking about. And, and it was never really catastrophic, but it was like, ah, oh, I wish they had, you know, it's livable. You know, nothing where I couldn't live with it. But there was one when we had our one of our bathrooms redone. Um, they miss a lot. So the, the vanity, when they install the vanity, they never moved. You they, told me this yeah, story. Yeah, they never. Yeah, story. they never I moved the medicine it. cabinet, and it was like so off kilter. I was ready to live with it, right? Like I was like, oh, my wife was like, yeah, that's fine, and I'm like, what do you mean fine, right? Like, and it was all painted and everything was done, and then the the contractor came back, and 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 he was just like, yeah, no problem, we'll move it, we get it, we get it, you know. And I don't know why it it got to there, but you know, but yeah, it is a good lesson learned for people out there. Uh, it's a it's a light balance between trying to be overbearing with a contractor and kind of giving them light kind of guidance Jody I mean I think I even mentioned on the show the the guy who came to paint my father's garage door my father was a tyrant when it came to contractors on the house and long story short he had this guy come just to paint the garage door and after two hours of my father sitting there like driving him crazy he threw his brush down got in his car drove away never came back like he just left the paint. He's like, I'm done, right? Like I'm just done, right? His name was Freddie, and he says, Freddie's not working for you anymore. And he got in his car, and he left everything in the driveway, and he left. I swear to God, if my uncle were here, he would tell you the story. It was just because I mean that's the balance, right? Uh, my 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 buddy JD, um, he used to be in the electrical contracting business and supply business, and he used to laugh at my father. He got a kick out of him. And one time he brought over for my father one of those construction hats. He goes, "Got to get this for your old man when the contractors come over." You know, he could wear the <laughs> the foreman hat. You know, so. Uh, but yeah, just too funny, too funny. Uh, so that's great, Jody. I'm glad everyone's doing okay and. 
and everyone is is happy, healthy, and and once again thankful and grateful. Especially this is timely, right? Thanksgiving, right? Everyone is grateful go. and thankful, um, and and no drama over the holidays. Paul, any drama for you over the holidays? Uh, I wouldn't say the actual over the holiday itself, but I did have some some interesting stuff happening, especially tied to our little podcast here, Financial Dads. Uh, last Friday, I, I refinanced my house. It took a while to actually even get to the point. So, Paul and Jody, in, in your comments there about you know watching and, and staying on top of things, my goodness, did I have to stay on top of things? You know, calling the people frequently that are doing the refinance, and only then finding out, oh, there's a problem. Mm. Well, what, what's the problem? Well, I didn't get the payoff amount for the current loan. Okay, you, you could have told me this days ago. They she'd been waiting, I don't know, a week plus for this, and it usually only takes about three business days. So, made a phone call, called them, and miraculously the person got it the next day. Actually, on Saturday they actually got the payoff number, which was odd, but they did. Great. And I'm like, okay, now can we close? It's like, well, no, there's a problem with the title. What do you mean there's a problem with the title? She's like, well, there's a problem with the title. Um, it's not clean. There's an old loan on here that was never closed out. And, you know, I've refinanced, Paul, as you know, a couple times over the years with the same guy. Yeah, yeah. We share the same mortgage broker. It's very incestual, uh, Jody. Yeah. We, 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 actually, Ken, Ken and uh, Rob, there's like there's probably six guys that used my mortgage guy. That came from my brother. Oh, it's, that's where it, he came from? Yeah, okay. it came through my brother. Yeah, yeah. So so I'm on the phone with him and, and, and trying to figure out what's going on. And, I, and they're like, well, when did you refinance? I said, blame Mike. He's the one that did them all. And it turns out what happened is that the, we did refinance successfully in the past. But when they submitted the paperwork to the county, the letter tells them which loan to close out and everything looks good there. But the county applied it. They transposed one of the numbers on the lot block and section area. So ah. even though the cover letter is fine and good, the county applied it to something else. Hmm. So their underwriter said, we see the error. We know it's just a normal mistake. Fine, we'll underwrite it. But now I still have this out there. And, and I spoke to the people on Friday, and they said, well, yeah, you can fix it. It's going to cost you $900 to fix it. Like, I didn't do anything wrong. Like, what, 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 how, how is it going to cost me more money to fix this now? And this is going to stay there until I sell the house to someone else, until it gets clean again. So um, that's going to be my next mission, um, probably starting on Monday here figuring out how to get this cleaned up because the county made the mistake clearly and now i had to go and try and get that resolved and fixed but that that was a big deal yo i could believe it i could believe it yeah and i i I think jody we've talked about this in the past before right like even like even little things like if i go to like a small shop and they oh and they let's say they make a mistake on my credit card and they charge me you know uh, one charge that's errant and then they back it out and charge again you got to own that, right? You have to own that detail till you well, see you in your <laughs> statements and online that it's been fixed, right? So every time there's like a, fa- a financial mistake, whether it's a big one like Paul has or even a tiny one, what I hate about it is it consumes a lot of time. 
It just so consumes time. time. Yeah, I don't know, Jody, if you ever experienced that in terms of, uh, or you know what I'm talking about when it comes to errant charges or just something where you have to own the process and you shouldn't even have to own it, but you wind up owning it. Oh, I, I absolutely have. And Paul, I, I feel badly for you because you're absolutely right. It's not your mistake. Someone else screwed up. Granted, maybe an honest mistake, but still their mistake. And they should they should be accountable for that. And and the reality is, is that it sounds like you're you you may take, uh, you know, too much time to actually fix the error, you know, and it's just probably faster and more efficient for you to pay that, um, which isn't right. No, and I'm um, a frugal yeah. pain in the ass. <laughs> exactly. So just you know, make their life miserable somehow. I, I when I usually run into problems like that, I usually make that person my hobby for a little while. <laughs> that's the problem though, is making the hobby right. Like that, yep. that's my. Well, I, that's just, my... <laughs> I just put it in my daily reminders. I call them every morning. Good morning. How are you? Right, 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 right. I'm trying to think I if I have one pending. No, I no. I sort of do. Um, I sort of do have, a, have an issue. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting on something, and there's some paperwork screw up. So I am trying to fix something, but it's it's not it's not taking up an inordinate amount of time. But it it, it is. I seem to always have those. Right? Uh, there's that book, and I'm not plugging the book, but but it is a kind of a cool book. Maybe I am plugging it. The art of not giving an F, and then the different asterisks and stuff like that. Um, and part of it is just they say life is just. Life is just a continuous stream of problems that you're trying to solve every day. That's a great way to summarize it. There. You know, um, well, it's a very pessimistic approach, but <laughs> there's a lot of truth to it. I find whether it's work or it's, you know, it's called the subtle art of not giving a bleep. Right. So it, it's just it's interesting, their approach. But it, that's a great book, by the way. It is. Right. And, and, and if I'm, am I off base, though? I don't know if I got through it all, Jody, but that's what they're telling us is it's a series of problems. Just get used to it. And you got to figure out the best way to work through them. And, and and some of them you should let go. Right. They're not as big of a problem that they are in your mind and, and stuff like that. You know, so um, but I don't know what your thoughts are on that book. Did you give it a read, Jody? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I usually insert the word challenges to replace problems. You know, life is ah. a series of challenges. Absolutely. See, that's that's but, the optimistic approach. I take the pessimistic like, road. What, else, what are you going to do? You just got to go do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that exactly, exactly. So cool, cool. Well, you know, why don't we jump into a little we'll, – we'll, we'll keep the tradition or the regular flow alive. We'll just do one story, and then we'll kind of just jump into – since it's the 100th episode, we'll, we'll talk about our successes, our mistakes – financial advice and, and just kind of riff back and forth and then we'll kind of close out. Um, the first story um, that we have is uh, couples, eight, eight income streams bring in over $3 million per year. It all started with side hustles. Here's their best advice. And this was from CNBC. At, at really, what I took away from it, reading it through, not so much what their businesses are, what their journey was, but their advice that they gave in the news. And, and Jody, I think you could relate to this because I think of all of us on the podcast, you're the one who's really on the, you know, focused on your own business full time all the time, right? And they talk about number one, you know, making sure you take care of any ineffective time or and task management, mistaking revenue for profit, reinvesting revenues to generate more sales, overpricing initially and not raising prices once you've established your brand, and reverting back to uh, the employee mindset. Um, so. Curious, Jody, if any of these are resonating with you, like I said, you being kind of on the on the front lines of your full time business. Yeah, I think these are all great. Um, I, I, I especially love um, the reinvesting one. Um, 
definitely overpricing initially, not raising prices once you've established. Um, you know, I think you've got to do that. Um, and I think once you establish a relationship with your clients, um, they don't mind paying a little bit more for you as time wears on because they recognize the value that you bring. Um, and as long as you're not, you know, really raking them over the coals, um, I, I think it's a very normal thing to raise prices. Um, and reverting back to the employee mindset, my goodness, there are so many days where I could just punch a clock. And, you know, and, and, and admittedly, some days I do. I mean, that's just the way it is, right? Some days it's just working down that list and really not being entrepreneurial. But I think you need to set that time aside. Um, and it's the, you know, it's the weekend mornings, I think, where I come out here in the, in the PR garage and, uh, and I work on stuff that I don't get to work on during the week. And it's not the client work as much as it is the managing the business work. I think that's the time where it's, you know, you get up early and get a cup of coffee. It's nice and quiet. You know, this time of year, I got to run the space heater in the garage, but um, I'm able to just be out here and focus for, you know, an hour or two uh, and manage the manage the business of the business. And I think that's really, really important. Um, but above all else, I think you've just go, got to identify. I saw this on a tweet earlier this week, too. You've got to identify the things um that you enjoy and turn them into things that make money for you. Um, it's a play on that old, you know, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Well, I don't quite agree with that. I think you still have to work, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. but I think you'll, you'll just do it a lot more enjoyably when you do the thing that you enjoy. It'll, it'll be a joy to do it. Um, you'll still have to work at it. You'll still have to put effort into it. Um, but, it, but it comes a lot easier. Yeah. I had, yeah, cool. I had a similar experience uh, on my way to Florida. I brought my work laptop with me, and I spent a good hour in the air focused on a work item. And my buddy was like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I was like this this particular task is not like work to me. This particular task, right? Like mm -hmm. I I need mm -hmm. to kind of come up with. Uh, I need to do some writing about this project and this new proposal for." for for this x thing that we want to do or whatever and and it just i was like i'm fine doing it i don't mind doing it in the air you know i got time and let's kind of just so I, I i could see some of it and some of it kind of goes through from my job's perspective paul from your perspective you know coming from the hustle side because i know we've talked about hustles a lot and that's something that you're you, you you're big on um what's your take on this story i i actually thought it was really pretty good the the one thing about overpricing initially and not raising prices once you've established your brand is, is I think something that resonated with me because the times I've done some of these things I felt we did we were trying to keep the price low to get the customer right and then we couldn't raise it and it, it just I think number four is one of the steps I probably might have missed in uh, in some of my ventures shall we say but overall, I thought this was a really good article and, and very helpful to a lot of folks who are, who are thinking about it. Um, I guess my other comment on the side hustle would be that the side hustle doesn't just help you maybe with freedom financially, potentially, but it also educates you. It educates you in so many ways that you can become, even if you stay with your larger employer, that, that those experiences, those things you've learned can funnel right back into your day-to-day -day core job, if, if I call it that, because they're, they're, you think differently, you learn how to look at things maybe perhaps in a different light and a bigger picture and see how it could impact 
other areas or other things. So um, to me, the side hustles have been tremendously valuable in my career because I've learned everything from PCI compliance, which is credit card cross-processing compliance, to marketing things and video things. So it's been tremendously helpful for me over the years. Yeah, same here. And, and I, I kind of called it, I think we've talked about it in the past, if you, I don't know what podcast, but it was kind of like a pin, it's kind of like a pinball machine, the way these things bounce off of each other. And, and the one that always comes to mind is Jody. Uh, I'll never forget when I volunteered to be the social media, to be on the social media team for the non for profit that I was working on many years ago when we went over to that restaurant over down by 222 Broadway um, and had the, the steak frites and stuff like that. And for two hours, you just you just spewed out to me all the current social media stuff at the time. And I'll never forget, like, you know, concentrate on Facebook. Don't worry so much about Twitter. Everyone's on Facebook. Like, and I took all that to heart. And now as I go through my job and, and I am now exposed to different marketing or different pieces, I take all that information with me and it kind of comes full circle. So thanks for that, Jody. You're welcome. All that yeah. advice has now changed. Yes, I can imagine. I can imagine. It's a whole Everything new world. Everything we talked about, yeah, has yeah. changed like four times. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very interesting. I'm, you know, and not to, you know, I'm getting into some of that now with some of the teams, and and I don't want to elaborate too much, but I'm doing a lot in that space now in terms of marketing and social media and campaigns and stuff. So, um, but yeah, it, it is it is relearning some of these pieces, right, and trying to figure out the best way to do it. And now there's new approaches that firms are taking. So it is very interesting. So cool, cool. I think we beat up that story pretty good. A lot of good nuggets uh, from from both you guys out of that. So that's much appreciated. Um, I'm going to look forward to listening back to this this week. Um, but let's jump into some of the things that we talked about at the top of the podcast. I think we'll start with the financial successes. Uh, for me, uh, when I think of the, the three uh, financial successes that I can focus on, I think it would come down to um, paying off my mortgage. I think that was one of my successes. Um, number two, getting rid of um, all the, uh, my wife's and I's student loans. I think those were the other, that was the second one. And then I think the third one was, was saving for our kids' uh, college in a very incremental year-by-year -year way. I think those are where the success is because I think that you know paying off the mortgage and paying off all the debt uh, for me, and, and once again, it's not for everybody, but for me, um, has been able to open the doors both personally and financially for me for things I wouldn't maybe normally do. And then now that my son is looking at colleges, um, we're going in a little bit more comfy, right? Uh, some of the schools that he's looking at that are a little higher priced or reach schools, um, we could weather the storm, right? If we had not put in that amount kind of set every year, and we tried, and I think we talked about this, I think there was a year or two where we couldn't put as much, but we always put something in. Um, that dollar cost average into the 529 plan uh, was was big for us. So I think with that, maybe Jody, you can go next. What are your three financial successes or decisions that you made that you can talk about with us? Uh, I'm not sure that I had three, but I'll probably arrive at five by the time I get talking. Okay. <laughs> um, I think the the big thing, and, and this is no secret, we talk about this all the time, Paul. Um, is is just the planning, the budgeting, the the financial budget spreadsheet. Um, you've got to plan. You've got to make every dollar work for you um, because um, 
that allows you to do the things you want to do. It allows you to take care of the things you must do, all the bills and all the everything else. And it allows you to then identify the, the money and the dollars that are not allocated to those um, living expenses. And then, okay, what do I do with those dollars? And then as you move along through time, um, you can use those dollars more effectively. And presumably those, num those dollars should grow as you eliminate debt or as you, you know, move your costs downward um, and get your arms around things, um, you can then start to have more money simply by understanding um, how much you have to work with. Um, and it works for everybody. It works for someone who makes $15,000 a year, and it make, works for someone who makes $1.5 million a year. Um, it, so I think you've got to do that. That, to me, is the biggest success that has driven the last, I'll just call it five years of my life and, and my family's life, uh, allowing us to do more. I agree with you, Paul, that the other great thing that we did um, is we were able to eliminate a lot of debt, a lot of big pieces of debt. And in fact, we, we standing here right now, we don't have any, which is great. Oh, wow. With, with the exception of the mortgage, with okay. the exception of the mortgage. Um, and, and that just opens up a whole wide world of things. Um, Granted, we we you know uh, dive we dove into uh, we dove into savings and retirement accounts and things to do that, um, but it's it's far more liberating having that out of the way and mm -hmm. having it done, and not being on that treadmill. And you, Paul, you know that that student loan treadmill. Oh my Oof. God, it never stops. Three seventy three forty two per month was my payment. I still remember. Oh. And and I read an article earlier this week, or was a tweet, or something like that. You, you know, where you, or maybe someone was making fun of a balance and saying, you know, that you have a balance of forty thousand dollars in student loans, and you've paid thirty-five thousand dollars over the last ten years, and you owe thirty-seven thousand dollars. It just doesn't, it doesn't stop. Mm. And so, and, and granted, we were we're lucky. Um, we did something that maybe was a little bit crazy, but we did it. We got it out of the way. It's done, and now that money and that you know that figure you quoted, Paul, we don't pay that anymore. And now that money goes somewhere else. Um, and then I think the other thing that I've done, going back to the budgeting, maybe, is um, is I've automated a lot of uh, our payments, not just the bill payments, but the savings payments. Hmm. Every single pay period, there is a defined number that comes out of the budget spreadsheet. I can't arrive at that number without doing the budget spreadsheet. Um, there is a defined number that goes into a series of savings accounts, um, and some are, you know, rainy day, and there's a vacation account, and there's a, you know, a, an account for each of the kids. Um, I, I was thinking about this earlier in, in preparation for coming on. Uh, we draft uh, a defined number into an account for each of the kids that is strictly goes that account strictly goes for back to school clothes, you know, athletic signups. Um, you know, anytime they need something, um, it comes out of that account and it does, you know, it never has more than a few hundred dollars in it. But the whole idea is, is you never get hit with a surprise. And even when you do get hit with a surprise, it's not a catastrophic surprise. It's not, oh, I need $150 to sign up for baseball. The money's in that account because I've been drafting it in 10 and 20 and $30 at a time every single pay period. So if I can encourage people to do anything else with their financial planning, um, it, it, it would be that is to plan for the things that you can predict are coming. You know, you pay bills every month, you know, that certain things are going to come, come around quarterly or yearly or whenever that is, there's no reason you shouldn't save for it 24, seven, 365. 
Um, you know, if you know it's coming, draft it into a little savings account, have some money set aside. Um, it, it, even if it doesn't pay the whole thing off, it cushions the blow when it does come around. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, great advice and, and good, good, good focus on those successes. Uh, Paul, for you, uh, what were some of your successes that you, can, that you could call out? We won't stick to the number three. Uh, we'll just, whatever, right. whatever that, comes that, to mind. Good, I don't know if I have any. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, just hearing, hearing both of you. One, you know, Joni, he took my first thing, and that's planning. But I'm going to take it a little slightly different level. Jody, and, and I know this, and it's very helpful, and you do it. And I do it to some degree, but the micro level planning that you do and the budgeting is, is outstanding. For me, what I think has been a success has been planning long term. Where am I in five years, in 10 years or, or more? And, and I'm in a, another planning cycle of that right now. And that's why I was refinancing and that's why I'm doing some other stuff to plan for that next phase of life actually so our one son is out of college and working our other one is a senior in college and either going to grad school or going to, to work and we know he will not be in the area that we're in right now in new york either for the type of work he wants to do is not going to be here just like our other son so we've been looking at for i want to say the better part of two, three years, you know, where is our next stop? Where is potentially that retirement place? So um, we are buying something somewhere else and um, we actually close on it. I think on Tuesday we close on something. So it's really exciting. But again, that you we're all about the same age, right? So I'm already planning 10 plus years out here. So that's probably one of my, my better things that I, that I do do is I'm always looking further out. And what's it going to take me to be there but be stable? And then, Jody, to your point about the budget, I actually have the monthly expenses and then annualize across for my current cost, what my cost will be when I move, including things like vacations and travel and other sort of things. So um, I think you guys did really well with nailing that list. Very cool. Very cool. And congrats on the closing. That's very cool. Uh, so now you're you're a multiple real estate owner, I guess two places. I, I guess so. Very cool. Very so. cool. Um, I think the the next thing I think we wanted to kind of talk about is the financial mistakes uh, that we might have made over time. Um, for me, there's probably two that come to mind. There's a lot, but there's two that kind of stand out. One is the procrastination, <laughs> once again, to pay my mortgage and pay the college loans off. I think I should have paid them off a lot sooner. To be honest with you, um, I should have put more rigor into it um, because if I had known what I know now, I would have done that. Um, the, the second piece, I think, would have been there were some houses that we looked at before we bought the house we're in. And I was probably a little bit too much, um, uh, once again, uh, cautious in what we wanted to spend. And I always thought that we would move one more time, that we would buy this house and move one more time. And it's clear now we won't. Um, <laughs> we're going to stay put. Um, we're not going to move anywhere else. But I do wish that we probably had done, uh, maybe gone for another house that I could think of that would have had more of an opportunity to either expand or to do whatever. So I I don't want to call it a regret, uh, but, I don't, but it is kind of up there with, with maybe... 
Maybe a mistake. I probably should have done that. But those are the two that call out to me. Uh, Jody, how about you? Uh, financial mistakes. Oh, where do we start? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, th this is not a current one. This goes goes back more than 10 years, but um, borrowing too much um, uh, and not understanding the implications of, of what we were spending uh, and really not doing homework. Uh, we, we took out a, a HELOC a whole bunch of years ago on the, the previous house um, and just bit off more than we could chew. Um, and, and, and by saying that, I'm not saying that we couldn't pay the bill that we signed up for. We could do that but then we couldn't do anything else. And that was the problem and, and sort of forecasting forward. Um, you know, I would, I would, I would urge people when they, when, when they borrow money and I'm not saying borrowing money is a bad thing. I think it's a dangerous thing, Paul, you and I have, I think we talked in the past about, you know, credit cards or borrowing money being like a chainsaw. If you know how to use it, it's great. If you don't mm -hmm. know how to use it, put it down. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yes, agreed. Uh, you're going to kill yourself. You're going to kill yourself. <laughs> you, might, um, you might call you stumpy. So would, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so I think that would be the, the biggest mistake that anyone can make, and certainly that I have made in the past, and I try not to make any more, um, borrowing too much, whether it's a loan from a bank, a credit card, you know, you're getting a mortgage, you're getting whatever, you know, you're buying a car even, you know, don't, don't over borrow. And when you do borrow, make sure that the borrow fits into everything else that you want to do, fits into the rest of your life. And again, I start, sound like a broken record. You can't do that without your budget spreadsheet. You got to have that plan. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for that, Jody. Paul, how about yourself? Financial mistakes. Uh, I guess trying to think of one that, you know, is just, could be interesting something a little different and when one of our kids actually both of them when they were doing hockey we were talking to a advisor about you know because they were fairly good at it and what, what do we do what's next and then the financial advisor and such you know would would charge for services and you know we got caught up in that and i think you know it was some money we spent on that uh, that was probably the biggest mistake, the biggest waste of money. Um, was that for financial advice, Paul, or what? What was that? It was, it was almost like PR promoting and trying to get them in front of the right people to take it to the next level. It's it's almost like a scam in a way sometimes. Um, Those PR guys, that's they're just scammers. They <laughs> no, no, not not like this, Jody. Not like this. This was different. This was. Um, you know, oh, yeah, I could take your kid. I could market them. They'll do well. They'll go to junior. Oh, I see what you're saying, Paul. I, I missed that part. Okay, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Okay. So it, it was it was interesting. So that, that was um that was probably the biggest mistake was that. Um, and because quite honestly, if your child is that good at a sport, they will be found. It, it kind of happens. It just does all the time. Um, so, but it doesn't happen all the time because most people are not that good, no matter how good you think your child is. And, you know, so I got caught up a little bit of that hype at one time. So that was probably one of the, one of the bigger mistakes I did. And I, I guess to Jody's point about biting off more than you can chew. I remember my first job out of college. Um, you guys remember we were you know, sort of like recession-ish bound and, and things like that or just recovering from a recession back in that day. And the jobs weren't paying much, but I bought a new car 
and uh, from the dealer. And that was eating up so much of my monthly budget. But I had no other expenses. So, I was, you know, still living at home. I was like, yeah, whatever. So eh, that's probably one of the other sort of mistakes is over overdoing it now. I have all this money coming in. So for, for a fresh grad, right, when you get that job, it, it's so important to understand your numbers and the budgets up front. And that's something parents, you can teach your kids and even share with them, you know, either techniques or giving them their allowance and how do you want to budget it out? Because I'm seeing that now with my older one who is looking for a house or a condo or something to buy. And his budget spreadsheets are crazy complicated all over the place in, in a good way, in a good way. He's got everything nailed down. And uh, so it's kind of neat to see how it can evolve and be good. That's very cool, being able to pass it along to your kids, right, and and talk about some of these mistakes and such. So, But it's good that you learn kind of that stuff early, right? Sounds like, Paul, especially with the car purchase, you kind of learn that mistake early so you don't do it again, right? Um, yeah. Which is great, you know. Um, I think that the one of the last things that we want to focus on is maybe, you know, what any financial advice. And I know some of this was mixed in that we've already talked about um, in terms of advice. But, you know, if there... For me, when it comes to financial advice, and we did a, I think Jody, we did a whole episode on it. Uh, was pay yourself first. Um, for me, that was the single most important piece of financial advice I had ever gotten. Uh, and just to, and you can listen back to that episode. But at the highest level, uh, what happened was I had a conversation with my buddy's grandfather. Uh, was in the car. He gave me a ride home. Um, and he was talking to me for maybe, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes in his car out, out in front of um, where I was living with my buddy at the time. And it resonated. And and I started putting away, you know, $20 a week. And then I said, oh, okay, maybe I could put 40 Maybe I could put 60 Maybe, you know. And it just became a habit um, that I was doing for a very long time. And, and it really started to get me out of that paycheck to paycheck mode and get me into a mode where, you know, uh, it's important to make sure that you pay yourself first. And, and the way he explained it was, you know, you work really hard for your money. I don't care if you're whatever job you have, whatever money you make, you've worked for that money. Um, why should anyone else get any of that money before you do? And so that's how he explained it, right? Uh, and and so and then it became kind of this muscle that I developed. Um, for savings um, that worked really well. So uh, listen back to the podcast um, in the past. There is a whole episode called Pay Yourself First, and and you could listen back on there. Uh, Jody, what was your, what would be some financial advice you give? I know you gave some already, but what do you think would be some of the key financial advice you'd give to your younger self or to our audience out there? Yeah, Paul, I remember that episode um, that where you told that story. It was a terrific story, and and I I agree that people should go back and, and listen to that because you told such a powerful story about paying yourself first. And I think that comes down to to a mindset, to an attitude um, about how you use your money. Um, you know, I will again do my broken record and talk about um, financial planning and making sure you run your budget spreadsheet. Um, but pieces of financial advice. Um, probably if I could go backwards and look at myself from maybe five years ago where I was, um, I was very recently unemployed. My wife was unemployed. We had two kids, a mortgage and not sure what we were going to do. Um, and I would look at that guy and I would say, um, I, I would, do, I would do what I uh, tell him to do what he actually did, which was don't be afraid, just mm. go get it. Just you, you know what you want to do, put a plan together to do it and then go do it. 
Um, don't listen to people who say, well, you shouldn't do this because. Um, granted, advice is terrific, um, and you should listen to people who want to give you legit advice, um, especially on the technical end of things. And, and Paul, you mentioned, you know, financial advisors and things like that, or sports coaches, you know, people who operate in the space, you, they can give you some, some valuable advice and maybe say, watch out for this or look out for this. Or if you go here, you know, don't do that or that kind of thing, but don't listen to people who say, ah, you shouldn't do that. Ah, it's a terrible idea. Forget mm. it. What have you done? <laughs> my friend, right. what have you done? Um, you know, glass houses, throwing stones and the whole thing. Um, because you you can spend your entire life um, wondering what might happen if you just you know and and I don't want to be that guy. Um, I will I, I'm the guy who as long as he checks his parachute will jump out of the plane. <laughs> <laughs> very cool, very cool. And Paul, how about yourself? Um, a- any pieces of financial advice? Um, I mean, I'm sure you're giving it to your kids now, your boys that are that are all grown. So, uh, what are your, what's your, what are some, some advice that you would recommend? You know, um, again, that long-term planning and vision to help you set the goals, to help you set the budget. Cause without your long-term plan, um, you, you don't know where you're going to end up. Uh, Jody, you, you raise a great point about taking advice from people who've actually done it or know what they're doing. Cause there are a lot of naysayers out there. And they're naysayers because maybe they're scared um, and things like that. So the the other thing is, you know, learning about all the different financial tools you have at your disposal. Because there's so much uh, good advice. There's also a lot of bad advice. But looking out and for yourself first and your family first and what's right for you as a family unit, right? Long-term, short-term. And plotting all that out—that's probably the best thing I could do—is um, is to share that and and give that advice. Make sure you develop your long-term plan, and then how does your budget? How do you budget to make your long-term plan? Very cool, very cool. I think with that we'll we'll kind of wrap up. So Jody, thanks for doing the show with us today. It was awesome. Um, Open invite oh, anytime. My, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me on again. I appreciate it. It's it's fun to have watched you guys take this this show um, to to greater and greater heights. And I and I know that the listenership is growing, um, and you guys are having all kinds of success. So I'm really really happy for you. Cool, cool. Well, with that, um, I, pa- Paul and Jody, I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion today, and I'm personally looking forward to our next one. Hopefully, we'll get one, uh, you know, in the next 12 months or something. Jody, we'll call you back on the show. Um, Thanks, everyone, for downloading our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at financialdads at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook. Just go to financialdads.com. So with that, this is Paul and Paul reminding you managing finances can be stressful, but that's why the Financial Dads are here to help you plan for success. Have a good one, everybody. Be well, and thank you.